This is the idea, Bordello, with your boy, Roy Matei Borale. The idea, Bordello, is a podcast that highlights the dangers of yellow bone supremacy and many other social ills. Today's episode is with the one and only Simon Momani Dingle. Simon is one of the OGs of the South African tech scene and was one of the first podcasters in South Africa, maybe even the world, in 2004. That was before Kanye became Kanye. I mean, that's like light years away from where we are right now. He's also part of the founding team at 22.7 that got sold to Old Mutual. He was then part of the world famous BitX that went on to become the even more world famous Luno. And then now he currently runs Invest Capital, which is his personal vehicle, which he runs a number of very super exciting and interesting crypto projects that are um, this is a really fun chat. We touch on a number of topics from misinformation and the crypto community and the lies around the power inefficiencies around Bitcoin, um, the importance of NFTs and Kanye's regulation uh, mechanisms. <laughs> You're going to have to listen to the, understand that one better. Uh, DAOs and how to fix South Africa's political nightmare. Please forgive me around the audio. I attempt to get too clever in this recording and may have made it worse, but the content is what we call in my language, fire. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with me and Simon around some of our favorite conspiracy theories. Simon, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's a pleasure, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Do you mind introducing yourself to the listeners at home before we get started? Yeah, I'm yeah. Simon. Uh-huh. Work in crypto, used to work in radio. Uh-huh. Don't do too much media anymore, but uh, <laughs> do some writing, some speaking. Uh-huh. Yeah, build businesses. Okay, I mean, I, I kind of feel like you're like very much uh, like uh, glossing over quite an extensive CV. <laughs> Do you want to go a bit deeper? It's like one of the ghouls of SA Tech. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, I, I really, I started out in media and, and an obsession with radio. So yeah. I did campus radio, basically just went to university just so I could work at the radio station, never got a degree. and um and and went like the full spectrum of radio so i've done talk radio i've done music radio Uh i've been on the kind of uh you know program management side on the on-air side just got deeply immersed in radio but then started doing more conventional kind of not conventional journalism but more print journalism uh started writing columns so and and always with this kind of um the obsession for music and tech. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, so my writing was was sort of focused on um, consumer technology, and I used yeah. to write for Computing SA and Brainstorm, and did You're some enterprise time, tech right? stuff. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've done a few things for stuff back in the day, um, and then just like to cut a long story short, got sucked into the world of of product management yes. and and specifically fintech. Uh-huh. Um, and that's where I've been for like the last 10 years. So I was with the team at 227, which Correct. we sold to Old Mutual. Yeah. Um, I was with the team at Bitex, which is now called Luno, but Correct. I left like long before they were even called Luno. Uh-huh. Uh, Curve in London, which is a, a smart credit card 
product. Uh, and then I started my own companies to kind of figure out uh, what I wanted to do next. But, but uh, predominantly with crypto and fintech. Okay. Mm. You have a brilliantly painful habit of being super early. <laughs> it's, it's true and What's also like? not sticking yeah. with it. Like I started a podcast in 2004. Yeah. Um, way too early called the ZA Tech Show and then <laughs> in 2007 we were like sure this podcasting thing I don't know if it's gone way too early started fucking around with Bitcoin back yeah. then and um, but like you know not professionally more just on the side uh, that one I stuck with <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Um, and, and taken some of the lessons I learned but even with crypto you know it, when I was working with Bitex I guess that would have been around 2014, 15, 15 yeah, yeah. it felt like things were imminent, you know, it's like yeah. the world's starting to get this stuff now, it's blowing up, but it's still, you know, it always takes much longer than you think it will. Yeah. And I'm reminded of that quote from Bill Gates, or it's attributed to Bill Gates, where he said, people always overestimate the change that'll happen in two years and yeah. underestimate what will actually happen in, in 10. 10. Yeah. You know, 100%. I, yeah, like crypto is that laid bare. If you had asked me in 2011 what crypto would look like in 2022, I, I wouldn't have guessed any of the shit would be happening. Yeah. But, you know, in 2014, if you had asked me what was going to happen in two years, I'd be like, the world's going to change. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And especially like, I think what's really great about crypto is like, crypto's got this really great feature, which is not actually, which people think is a bug, but I think it's a feature, which is like attracting charlatans, right? Yeah. Because... For every like 10 charlatans with like a bullshit idea that's never going to work, mm. you have one who's a charlatan. That's like an interesting idea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, hold on, I know you're a fraud, but this is actually really curious. Like, I'd love to explore this further. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And so that's why I say like, I don't necessarily think about it as a bug because like you've got to get your filters like right period in like tech, you know, in general. Yeah. Right? And so whenever we go through these like very catastrophic booms, you know, 20, what, 13, 17, 2021, yep. you know what I mean? I'm always like fascinated to see what like, like, like scammery will occur and how much of that I go, oh, wow, that's a great idea. You know, even though you're a scammer. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting idea. take on it. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, if you look at, at, you know, DAOs, for example, Correct. Um, decentralized autonomous organizations, most of them operate as Ponzi's, yes. but, but you know, the format they're operating in is, is revolutionary, great. It's revolutionary yeah. when applied ethically. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. but, but I think we, we often, human nature is just to misinterpret um, behavioral problems as, as technical or environmental problems, you know, as externalities. You like, the problem isn't the tech. Yeah. The problem is the people using it badly. Correct, correct. It's like, correct. you know, knives, butter knives were created to make sandwiches. If you use it to stab somebody else, that's not a problem with a butter knife. Correct. Like, yeah, that's yeah, a problem yeah. with you being an asshole. Yeah, it's almost, like, it's, almost like, it's almost like you kind of wish that there was like a group of very, very like adults, like moms could like get a new technology and be like, oof, I don't know about this. Like this, this yeah. needs to be like, like, like remedied or like, like fixed or like worked on. The rest of it can stay, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it's like my favorite example of that is like Instagram as a soft porn app. You yes. know what I mean? Because on the one hand, like, don't get me wrong, Kevin Sistrom and those guys at Facebook did an incredible job of building one of the most impressive apps I've ever come across in my entire life. Yeah. But like, I don't think anyone foresaw this becoming like a bigger competitor to pornography than any other application. Yeah. In the world. You know what yeah. I mean? And that algorithm is brilliant, but it, because it's brilliant, it feeds yeah. us what we want. 
and what we want on a long enough time scale. Let's just stop whole pornography. Yeah, you need, but you need, so, like you said, you need some form of regulation. You need oversight. Like we all know what happened after Kanye's mom passed yeah. away. Like yeah. that's when the wheels came off. You know? Exactly. Because <laughs> she was keeping him in check. She yeah. was like, you know, you're getting too full of yourselves. You know? like, the moment I she think, was gone. I think, I think that's, a really great, that's a really great idea. And like like um, Mark, there's that, that famous... Uh, tech venture capitalist Mark and uh, recently talks yes. about like a forcing function that forces you to like come down to like a level of reality and like interrogate your ideas exactly and like some people like desperately need that and other people <laughs> seem to like pseudo figured it out you mm. know what I mean like some form of self-regulation you know what yes I mean? but on a long enough time scale man we see them all just go like tits up <laughs> crazy right and like no one ever like survived. It's like it's like it's like it's like the only person who like we can say has survived is like Warren Buffett, which is like I don't know if you call that surviving when you're 80 years old still smashing maccas for breakfast every day. <laughs> you know I mean? like, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, cool. He drives like a like a like a like a Ford or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like he's got trillions of like infinite money and so and so forth. But like no one's intervening on his diet, which is like I'm 34 and I would never even dream of eating a McDonald's for breakfast. You know? <laughs> yes. And he's like 150 and he's just like Big Mac baby every morning, you know? Yeah. And it's like, hmm, I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> I think on a long enough time scale, everyone's like uh, eccentricities just buy a lot of control with that amount of capital, you know? Yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, speaking of forcing functions, you're a dad. Yes. How has that experience changed your perspective or perception of technology when like your kids have to use things that you're like fascinated and geeking out about, but then you go, ooh, I don't know if I want my kids to actually be using that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've always kind of been contrarian in my parenthood around that stuff. You yeah. know? I had kids really young and um, I guess my oldest one was about five years old when the iPad came out. So like you know, smartphones were already a thing. But I just saw this freaking out, like screen time became a word that like nobody had been using before. Mm. Um, and it just, to me, it was so reminiscent of growing up in, you know, the 90s like I did and hearing uh, adults just obsess about how much time we were spending playing video games or watching television. Mm. And like all of this absolute bullshit they believed about how bad it was for us, like the gamma the rays or, yeah, 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 and like yeah. your depth perception is... And then like the research comes out and you find out that video games are not only not bad for us, yeah. they like, they, they improve the spatial awareness in teenagers better than playing a musical instrument does. Mm -hmm. So quite the opposite of being bad for you. They're actually super ultra good for you yeah. in moderation. Like any obsession is bad. Yeah. Um, but you know, this, there's this kind of um, technophobia that we're programmed for heuristically. Yes. Like human beings have evolved to be scared of anything new. That's how we survived in the jungle. If you yeah. see something you don't recognize, just assume it's going to kill you and that'll keep you safe. Correct. And that was fine when the jungle was full of, you know, tigers and velociraptors or mm. whatever. But it doesn't work in a world where a lot of considered metered innovation is happening and you're just you're scared shitless of it. So you could see it with anything. People thought the printing press was gonna like completely erode society. Yeah. They thought novels were like pe turning people's brains to ooze. FM radio was gonna give everybody cancer. Yeah. Microwaves were gonna make us blind. Mm. Cell phones were giving us cancer. TV was gonna make us blind. Like so, you know, when people started worrying about how much time kids were spending on iPads, I was like, yeah, really? Ah, okay. You were wrong the yeah. last hundred yeah, times. Yeah, Why yeah. are you right now? A Correct. and B. 
You sit on a computer for how many hours every day? Correct. <laughs> and now yeah. you're worried about your kids spending half an hour of screen time doing what? Solving puzzles? Mm -hmm. Learning mm -hmm. things? Yeah. Like, I'm just, this is not computing with me. Correct. And so, <clears throat> my household was a free-for-all. Mm -hmm. I didn't regulate it. I was like, have as much iPad as you want. What are the alternatives? Watching <laughs> yeah. TV where your brain is literally switched off and you're just... Like yeah. you're a zombie while you're watching TV. Because at least with an iPad, there's some kind yeah. of engagement with actual TV. And like, sure, get out there and be active and play. Like, mm. I'm not disregarding that. And I'm not suggesting that being on, on a screen all day or playing video games all day is healthy. It's yeah. not. But I think there's something to be said for, like, in a very free-form way, learning to regulate your own behavior as young as possible. Correct. And I saw it in my kids. Like, look, let's be honest. They still play too many video games. Yeah. But, but like... But, you know, they start figuring out those parameters themselves. Whereas I've got friends of mine who are hyper like, you know, screen time is two hours a week. Oh, you've had your five minutes today. Sorry, Johnny. And then yeah. it's like, well, what's Johnny going to do now? Correct. Well, he has to play outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, Doing what? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like Johnny sitting on top of the jungle gym, just staring forlornly into Correct. the distance. Or like trying to like move <laughs> like, the birds in the sky. You know? Yeah, I just, I uh, never understood it. So um, I, that's not really an answer to your question. But, <laughs> but, but, right. but, but that's how I think about my kids interacting with technology. And then yeah. I also think a lot of, your job as a parent is to kind of stay out of the way and just <laughs> let kids find who they are and not yeah. superimpose yourself onto them because that creates a whole lot of complexes that are just not healthy. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then also creates these weird like second order effects where like your policing becomes like some kind of mm. internal consideration for them that they've never ever really made beforehand. Yeah. But now it becomes the norm for them all their discussions and like actions going forward yeah you know? but i mean i also wouldn't like for a second uh you know think that i was in any position to give other parents advice that's a great attitude i feel like i've been super lucky as well because i feel like my kids are amazing mm -hmm. the only thing that i worry about is is i feel like they could be more active but i feel like that's true of just about anybody in the 21st century <laughs> like, true 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 um, and like they get to live in cape town which is quite a walkable city which is quite convenient no. yeah yeah they don't do enough of it though but yeah i'm just I, I've, I've got right. two teenagers who yeah. haven't caused me one sleepless night like they get Amazing. themselves up for school they just like they're good kids so i, I guess think maybe I mean, like, some parents should take your advice then <laughs> <laughs> the thing is i don't think i had that much to do with it eh? like they're their own people <laughs> well i mean that's an interesting question like on an idea as well like um do you, have you ever read any matt ridley by any chance no he's got a really great book you just write great books. Um, you should check out Red Queen. Um, there's another one called Evolution of Everything. Oh, I've, I've actually seen that. I haven't read yeah, it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I'm not going to butcher it. And if you want to read it, I would highly recommend it. But he speaks about, like, the evolution of certain systems in, with our society. And the one common thread he has throughout the whole book is that, like, top-down regulation mm. is always, like, a recipe for perverted outcomes versus, like, almost... Right. As, like, you, almost, like... I wouldn't say like laissez-faire, like let the market take care of itself. Mm. But I like the I like the idea of like a, almost like a, a state that doesn't regulate necessarily in a very aggressive top-down way, but kind of just pushes things in slight directions, slightly nudges. Effect, yeah, n slight nudging, you know, yeah, like back and forth. And like I think like a country like South Africa that has some like really weird perverted like ideas, mm. like especially on immigration policy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like we have like four million Zimbabweans living in our country, and it's like, but we need to maintain our borders, and it's like, what what are we maintaining? <laughs> like, yeah. This isn't working, but like at the same time, you're trying to control it. Like, yeah. Maybe you should just release it, 
and like, <laughs> let it happen, right? Because like whatever boogeyman is there, it's a lot like your kids. It's mm. like if your kids like oh, go on iPads, they're gonna be like crazy and blah, blah 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 blah. And then it's like, or you can stand back and slightly nudge them in other directions, but yes. not like try force them yeah. into one direction, which the state does a lot with its very um, heavy-handed regulation on certain things. Yeah, I guess I also think a lot about unintended consequences. The law, because yeah, yeah. you th- you know you 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 do something with the best of intentions and it turns out horribly. Yes. And then other things you're not even thinking about that you trip over and it, they turn out well, to be great. Yeah. And like, so so I'm all for heavy-handed regulation in some contexts. Correct. Like the aviation industry. Yes. I'm glad it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's highly regulated. Like, it's cool that pilots need to get licenses. Yeah, that it's works cool for that me. pilots shouldn't be high while flying. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't happen though. But yeah, still, have like to I'm service bad. airplanes. Yeah, like, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and the result of that is like, I'm, I'm less likely to die on an airplane than just about anywhere else on earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That always like blows my mind. That, like, like, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about like certain innovations that are just so well engineered yeah. that we can't even think about them as problematic anymore. Yes. Like, like, like think about like a car. Like how many times have you driven in a car and never paid attention to the fact that there's like trillions of these things on the planet, right? Of course, not actual <laughs> trillions. And they just work. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like we figured out how to make cars at scale that just kind of work. Yes. As opposed to like, I don't know, like you work in crypto, so like 95% of things just don't work. You know what I mean? That's true, yeah. Or like there's like always some like exploit that's like, oh man, I really thought we had it this time. You know, now mm. Discord server got hacked and all our NFTs got stolen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like there's, there's, there's certain things that over time we've just become, as a species, not as like individuals or South Africans, it's like phenomenally good at producing and manifesting. And cars for me is the one that like I always sit in the back of the car and I'm like, wow, this thing just works. Yes. And like there's no like, there's no, there's no like Apple genius who needs to intervene to make this thing like right. happen. Right, but it's like a hundred years of of iteration, right? Correct, correct, correct. In fact, cars are one of my favorite examples of this. It's it's actually an anthropological curve that innovation takes. Yeah. Where, and this is what blows my mind about human beings. The first time we figure out how to do something, we don't know why we're doing it. Mm. So you, you think about it like one of the earliest innovations was probably learning how to make a fire. Yeah. Like we had no idea what fire was good for. We just figured out how to make it. And then we were like, oh shit, you can outsource your digestive system to this thing. Mm. Like you can cook food Mm. and then you'd have to spend less of the day looking for calories and blah, blah, blah. Like electricity, we we literally discovered it by getting the shit shocked out of us. Mm. And then we were like, well, we could probably capture this thing. We had no idea why we were doing it. And then we're like, oh, you can make light with it. And then we thought that's all it was good for. Yeah. Like skip forward a hundred years, like what doesn't work with electricity now? Literally. Like none of that was being imagined. Correct. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about innovation and about like human curiosity mm-hmm. is we're just like an intrinsically curious species and we don't always know why we're doing things. But then there's, there's certain phases those things go through. So you look at the earliest cars, like there's this obsession with internal combustion. So you look like you know, you, you look at a, a picture of Louis Chevrolet in like mm. 1911, sitting on a plank strapped to the back of an engine, yeah. <laughs> like, like no seat belts, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and all the obsession is on the front of the car, like this thing that makes it go, Correct. you know, um, and it breaks a lot. And all of the, all of the, the kind of technical problems are user problems. It's not manufacturer's problems. Yeah. It's like, you take this thing, if you want to buy it from me, you need to make sure you know how to fix it. Mm. <laughs> like, and then, you know, skip forward a hundred years. Now, 
the manufacturer assumes all of the, the faults with a car. Correct. You as an end consumer don't need to even think about how it works. Your buying decision used to be completely technical 100 years ago. Yeah. How fast is it? Like, is it a 16 valve? Blah, blah, blah. Now it's just like, I don't know. It's just a block of plastic. It's and like price points. I can't fix it myself. Yeah. A dude with a laptop's going to figure that shit out. Correct, like, yeah. And I'm, I'm making an emotional buying decision about what this car says about me, mm. like my status, what my friends will think of this brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's interesting like how there's like this really weird, like on a long enough time scale, everything becomes a luxury good. Right? Yeah, which is crazy because if you look at like, that's what digital has finally arrived at. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, you go and buy a computer, same as the early cars. Hobbyists. Didn't work that well. Correct. All of the technical problems were my problems. Yeah. I had to know how to fix it myself. I had to have a certain oh. technical understanding of how it worked. Um, whereas now, and I think Apple was a big driving force for this. Correct. Now when I go and buy a computer, I don't even call it a computer. I call it a smartphone. It's the most personal computer ever invented. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much RAM it's got. I barely know how much storage it's got. I don't care about the speeds and feeds. I don't know how it works technically. It's an emotional system. buying decision. Yeah. What does this phone good. say about me? It's a luxury good, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a luxury good, and it's also, but it's also commoditized. Like anybody can have one. True, and, true. But it's an emotional buying decision because now it's an extension of me. It's not this weird externality in the world that I'm like bringing into my yeah. orbit. It's just an extension of myself. Yeah, that's weird. Because like, as you point out, I'm just thinking back on phones. Like, you know, when phones, like smartphones first, like arrived. Yeah. And like, you know, what is it? Android, like, um, what was it? Android, like gingerbread. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like you turn on a smartphone and six years later, it would be like Android, you know what I mean? Yes. And now to this day, like, when is the last time you heard of, met someone who like loaded a modified version of Android onto their phone. Exactly. Like, like back, but like 10 years ago, that yeah. was all the rage, right? Like yes. you couldn't just have regular Android. You had to no, have like of course not. And like you have to like jailbreak it and so on and so forth. And then like now to this day, whenever someone's like, I've got a jailbroken phone, I'm like, why yeah. would you do that? Like that seems like a very dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Leave the like car and let it just drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it, so, so that's fascinating. On that note, do you, I, have you seen any like hobbyist communities akin to like cars and like computers? that are currently in the world today that given enough, if you just throw enough time at the problem, there'll be like a consumer like output that will fundamentally change the way that we interact with this. Well, that's how, I, that's what I kind of, I think that's kind of our job is thinking about that. Like what, yeah. where does, what does the metaverse end up being? What yeah. does web three mean yeah. when it's just part of everyday life, you know? Uh -huh. Cause those things are difficult to preempt. You know, when we first discovered you know, mobile telephony, we had no idea that the iPhone would just be something in the environment we took for granted, right? Because mm. everything starts off being weird and new and nobody understands why we're doing it. Mm. Like clothing at one point was a new invention. Yeah. And other human beings saw somebody walking around with a t-shirt. They were like, what the fuck are you doing? Look at that idiot. <laughs> it's going to kill you. It's going to give you cancer. Why are you hiding <laughs> your nipples? <laughs> yeah. Now you just take it yeah. for granted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then yeah. it just becomes part of like the, th the list of things that were okay. Yeah. Like I was just thinking about this story. I was at a camping site and I was speaking to this lady, like complete hippie. And we were talking about medicine and she was very like, homeopathy, natural yes, yes, medicine. Yes, 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 yes. And I was like, what do you have against Panado? Like it's been yeah. tested clinically, empirically at work. She said, it's just not natural. And she's wearing glasses. I'm like, are your glasses natural? 
Like, is your t-shirt natural? I think, like, are you, yeah, I you think know, the honest like, things about, like, getting behind, like, any kind of, like, very hardcore personality trait, like, yes. I'm a vegan, everything's natural, is that, man, capitalism will just kick you in the shit. Like, <laughs> nope, nope, you're not a vegan, actually, because, like, I'm going to provide a product that's, like, so much better than anything that you can think is natural that you have yeah. to eventually succeed to it, you know what I mean? But I guess my point is that um, that's what I try and imagine Yeah, is, like, uh, all of the stuff I'm working with that's now considered new and a lot of people think is stupid and weird and wasting yeah. electricity and there are a lot of like negative stories about it, mm-hmm. again, because the expectation is it's going to kill us. Um, you like, if you skip forward to when this is just normal yeah. and I don't even it. realize how stupid I am for talking about other things as not being natural yeah. while I'm using this thing, what does it look like then? Because okay. that's when you've reached the kind of... Uh, you know, that's that that's when the va- the real value's been found. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like so, I don't have to I don't have to sell you on a smartphone. Correct. We just all understand why you should have one now. Yes. And like you why know? it's critical in the world today. You yeah. Know what I mean? So like going back to that, especially on like Ooh, web series piping up. She hey, knows we're talking about it. Hey my big sister's here. <laughs> just going back to web three and um, where we are currently in the cycle of like innovation. I feel like the one thing that's kind of weird for me, and I think you could, you have a better understanding of it because you're like a day older than me, um, is <laughs> like you have all these really brilliant people who are like extremely long on Web3, you know what I mean? Mm. And like fundamentally believe this is the need for like a change or like a fundamental, like radical change in humanity, right? Mm. And don't get me wrong, like I deeply respect most of these people. I like follow them on all social platforms and like, you know, I, I see their genius and then, like, and they understand me. But because I'm not young enough to have been there for, um, let's say, the smartphone or let's say, uh, like, Web2. Because, like, mm. like, when, like, Web2 became a thing, I was like, I didn't, re- I didn't look at the meta. I was just like, wow, this is a cool product. And I just used it, you know. Oh, wow, this is a yeah. product. I was like, oh, let's try to build this and then, like, not do it. And then learn how hard it is. And then be like, whoa, we have a lot to learn, you know what I mean? Whereas, as, because I'm old now or older than I was back then, now I'm like in a situation where I'm like, oh, but all these really brilliant people seem to be 100% behind this movement, right? But at the same time, they're not necessarily, but like that kind of freaks me out a bit because every single other innovation that I saw, no one was like, this is going to be the next big thing. You know what I mean? There was like always this like inherent like malaise or like uncertainty or and so on and so forth. Whereas mm-hmm. like, man, we have to got some confident ass people, you know what I mean? And like smart confident ass people who are like, this is going to be the next Yeah, big I know thing. what you mean. So it's like, I'm just curious as to like, do you think there's more people who are like interested in Web3 than they were in like either Web2 or like other innovations in history? Or is it just that we have this incredible innovation called distributed media and mm. that has put us in a situation where everyone can now, you know, put out their message, which wasn't possible with Web2? Yeah, I think those people have always been around, but... Mm they haven't gotten as much attention as they do now. Okay, so they're amplified now. Yeah, so, so, so like what, is it, what does Web3 mean? To me, it, it's literally the third wave of the, of the internet, right? Mm-hmm. The, first, the first wave was, you know, we had TCP IP, mm-hmm. we had figured out how to connect computers to each other across the globe, mm-hmm. but really we didn't have anything to do with it. And so the first wave of the web was like the invention of HTML. So we had hypertext and we could create content, put it online, Mm. have web pages. And I remember the first time I ever saw this, I went to a friend's house. I guess I was like 14 or 15. Mm. 
and his dad was always like you know on top of the stuff and he was showing me like this website and he was like you see these blue words that means there's another website if you click yeah look at this and then and then he's like he he had made it his personal mission at the age of 16 to like go to every website that exists. Yeah, and back then that was probably possible. There were like yeah. 800 or so, you know? So, yeah. um, so that was the first wave of the web. And then web two was all about uh, sharing and, and to me about mobile predominantly. Editing as well. Like yeah. it's not something that's just at you, like you can engage with Exactly. Well. So, you know, I think social networks were a big part of it, blogging, etc. But I think people underestimate how mobile was the force multiplier for all of that. Completely. Because Instagram wouldn't be anything near where it was without no. mobile, right? No, no, like, no, what no, are you no. taking pictures of? Facebook the room behind your webcam. <laughs> like, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so, so, so web one, hypertext and content. Web two, mobile sharing. And, and like you said, democratization of content. Mm. And then web three to me is really about distribution. It's about mm. decentralization more than it is about, you know, uh, crypto as such. Um, Aha, okay. Yeah, because right. because what Web 2 is is hyper-centralized, mm. you know, more so than Web 1 even. Because if you look at all of the protocols of Web 1, they were open source, they were open yeah. standards. It was IMAP for email. Nobody owned it. There wasn't a company profiting off of it. You could have, you know, your email from whoever you wanted, CompuServe, Microsoft, Correct. Google. Whereas in Web 2, it's like, I can only send Facebook messages on Facebook. Ah. I can't send a message from Facebook to Twitter. Mm. <laughs> and it's weird how normal that's become. People are like, yeah, of course you can't. And I'm like, well, what if I told you you could only email other people who are on Gmail? Yeah. <laughs> how would you be okay with that? You know? It's weird because it's almost like you're taking a step back <laughs> yeah. in order to like become more consumer friendly. Yes. You know what I mean? So a big part of Web 3 is pushing back towards distribution, which is what the web wants to be, right? Yeah. It's what the internet wants to be. Um, is decentralized. Okay. And, and now that what I'm led to believe is the current crypto winter that we're in, we're at the end of the cycle, we're beginning of the new cycle, essentially. Yeah. Um, I always like to get excited at this point because this is when the interesting innovation starts to really happen, right? Yes. Because like now you've kicked out all the charlatans because they can't make any money when you put exactly. bucks anymore. Less so like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now it's like the builders are in the house, right? And like, on your side, guys, like, have you seen any innovations that you've got made you go, wow, okay, that's really, really super interesting. You know what I mean? Or like, that isn't necessarily uh, attributed exclusively to speculation and pricing of uh, digital or financial assets. NFTs are pretty profound to me. Mm -hmm. I've also been doing some research on soulbound tokens, which are really interesting. Soulbound. Have you heard of soulbound? No, tell me more about it. So, so you know, you've got all these primitives in in Web three. You've obviously got fungible tokens like yes. Bitcoin or Ethereum, mm -hmm. right? And I don't think I need to explain those too much. Uh, then you've got non-fungible non tokens like NFTs, mm -hmm. so representing ownership of something unique. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't fungible, it represents this one thing. Mm -hmm. But I can send it to you. So I own this picture of a monkey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can send it to Roy Correct. now. Yeah. He's got the, and then the, the soul-bound idea is that you have a token that represents something that can't be transferred. So mm -hmm. I, it, it's like locked into my wallet. So uh, there are lots of examples for what that could be perhaps it's your authorship of a paper right so perhaps you've okay. authored a paper along with other authors so yeah. that authorship isn't transferable it's something only you should have right um, and one can get carried away with other examples you that might lie in the future mm -hmm. university degrees 
you know, that kind of thing. Things that are, are heavily attached to an individual and shouldn't be transferable. Oh, shit. Okay, so I see it. Because even if, like, I hacked your wallet, I could never ever take it out in any yeah. capacity. And you would always know who the wallet owner is by that thing yeah. being in your wallet. There are a lot of questions that, get, that, that are raised around, like, what if somebody stole your wallet? It's a little bit like what if somebody stole your identity, which happens in the real world, yeah. right? Um, identity theft is rife, especially in, in countries like South Africa. Yeah, basically, um, yeah. So, so that's already a problem society has. You can imagine it being worse in the context of crypto where people are really bad at securing their private keys. Yeah. And there's some interesting concepts for how you would mitigate that or how you would recover from that. Um, so you could have social recovery, for yeah. example. So I could have gatekeepers in my social network yeah. that could recover my key as a collective. And I am the intersection of all of those social nodes. Yeah. So like, you know, Kenny knows me, Roy knows me, Lauren knows me, you know, and you could all verify that this new entity is not me and restore my connection as mm. Simon because, you know, you can all verify that. That's, that's fascinating because then essentially like you'd solve a lot of huge problems around like yeah. transfer of information. Around I mean, the stuff's far away, but I love imagining like what it could mean one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me about NFTs. What, what gets you excited about NFTs? Ah, so much, man. It's yeah. just like it's activating a whole new level in so many domains. Mm -hmm. um, and I, th I think a lot of people look at it superficially as yes. like just being about art. And like, yeah, art's one of the things you can apply NFTs to. It wasn't the first thing we applied them to. Mm. Like one of my favorite examples of the usage of NFTs is representing liquidity positions on a decentralized exchange like Uniswap. Mm -hmm. So right now, if I go and put assets on Uniswap and allow other people to trade off of them, I get an NFT that represents that position mm -hmm. and the assets I own there and I can, you know, sell that to somebody else or transfer it if I wanted to, but it represents that position, that one thing. Mm. Um, the other thing that I, I find interesting about NFTs is like, um, you know, artists have always had uh, communities around them. They've had fan bases and they've, you know, they've, they've almost been subcultures in their own right. Yes. You know, like going back to Kanye, like, mm. yeah, he's a musician, but he's more than that. He's a cultural artifact. He's, he's like, a, like Beyonce and her beehive. He's a right? movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah or Beyonce. Yeah. We really weren't ready for her jelly. But, <laughs> really but now we've got NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> now we're ready for it. Yeah. So, oh. so, but you know what I mean? And, and now you've got this organizing function that oh. can be employed by these um, communities because that's what they are. So... If you look at something like Bored Ape Yacht Club, which I think yeah. everybody's heard about by now, like they think it's nerds buying pictures of monkeys. And yeah. it's like, it, that's 1% of it, right? But, you know, if you buy that monkey, you're now a member of a community of people that own Bored Ape Yacht Club NFTs, mm -hmm. which means you get access to their Discord server, okay, okay, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah. you can speak to yeah. the other apes. Um, and they're probably going to be people who have similar interests to you. Yeah, yeah. And there's going to be some degree of influence in that sphere. And you can do favors for each other. Or it's like, hey, I'm traveling to Jamaica. Never been to Jamaica anymore. Is there another border? Like, and somebody in that community might you know, help you yeah. out with whatever you need in that country. Correct. Um, so it's like a club membership. And then, you know, it's interesting seeing the evolution of that, that subculture. So, you know, the border apes got drops. They got... Um, uh, uh, what is it called? The I can't think now. Uh, the mutant serums yeah. that would drop to every NFT owner of a board ape. And if you combined your ape with a mutant serum, you got a mutant ape. The yeah. mutant ape became like its own community, and there was a lot of secondary yeah. value there. 
it brought a lot of new people into the community and then they invented ApeCoin, their own currency. They mm -hmm. dropped ApeCoin to like all of the Ape owners. So you got a reward for being part of this community. Yeah. And you're seeing like, you know, a lot of these communities spring up. Moonbirds around Kevin Rose is an interesting one. Um, Gary Vanacek's Flying Fish, I think it's called. Like yeah. they've got an actual physical club in New York you can access if you own the NFT. Amazing. They're gonna have more clubs around the world. So like, you know, private membership clubs have never, aren't something new. Of course not. Um, but they've never, they never operated with this kind of efficiency and scale before. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. You look at what Kings of Leon did with NFTs, right? Oh, so yeah. they were one of the first like bands to embrace this. So they launched an album and then they sold it. I think it was a thousand copies of the NFT, uh, of the album as an NFT. Now, if you've got that, that NFT in your, your Ethereum wallet, you get golden circle access at any of their concerts. Okay. And the so way you get in yeah, is yeah. they'll scan your Ethereum address, go, okay, we see you've got the NFT, sign this message to prove you're the wallet owner, boom, and you're into the golden circle. Okay, okay, super interesting. So like, um, I think, I have no idea what their name is, I'll put their name in the show, the yeah, show yeah. But look, I, I, as someone who's been in tech for like a decade, because I'm still a child, really, in the greatest sense, <laughs> yeah. um, professionally at least, um, my, my immediate response to almost like everything that's new is like, this is a scam. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, for, for no other reason than like, you know, like energy efficiency, right? Like if there are a hundred new products, you got to assume that all 100 are a scam, but like mm. one will break through. And then when that one breaks through, you go, okay, you've passed this test. And then there's next test and so on and so mm. forth. And like one thing that I really like a lot is that like caught my eye on NFT that I got really interesting was ticketing. Yes. Because I've got a shit ton of NFTs at home in my like, like little like chest. But these NFTs are tickets that I went to or something. Yeah, yeah. And like you see it in everyone's house. Like, oh, that was me when I went to watch like, what was that crazy game like South Africa versus Australia when like we ended up like Australia called 450 runs <laughs> and then we scored 451 <laughs> runs. And like that is like such I a was classic. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a classic game, you know. And I remember all those memes of Chuck Norris being in the game. That's why we won. Remember that. Yeah. And like that is an NFT in my mind in real life. Yes. Right? Except like and like I would pay good money for that because it's so deep, right? Mm -hmm. And like I remember coming across a company that was like all our tickets are NFTs. And I was like, oh, this is a terribly great idea. Like, this is bad, yeah. but this is so bad, I like this. And I'm very curious about it because if I get it, like, like you, my favorite one I've seen so far is someone made wedding invitations to their wedding NFTs, right? Yeah. And in order to access the photos, you have to like sign in with your NFT. Yeah. There was all these great features that built into it. And I was like, wow, that's a really yeah. like bad, good idea. You know what I mean? Because like none of the none of the great ideas can seem good up front. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be something weird, as you're talking about, yeah. around understanding that all these other forces are gonna converge around it to make it a reality, you know. Yes. So going back to between my Kings of Leons and like, you know, taking this NFT and turning it into and like selling copies of the album and then this NFT gets you access into this club, which is they call mm. the circle. I'm like, that that for me makes a lot of sense. I like that a lot. Because yeah. I personally as a consumer already do that. And an NFT version of that would be infinitely better mm. than like what I currently have, which is like a ticket stub to like an RJD2 concert from 2007, you know what I mean? Which is cool. But yeah, I, the other thing it solves, of course, is that ticketing is one of the places where um, forgeries have been yes. most rife. Yeah. You know, yeah. like people yeah. printing out tickets at home and then selling them outside the stadium. Shout like, out to the I can't yeah. go anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that just kills <laughs> forgeries overnight. Yeah, dude. And like, I, I don't know if you saw that, yeah. the Champions League final, like the French police were like macing all these British fans <laughs> outside the stadium. Because like 100,000 people showed up with fake tickets. Yeah. And they were like, there's no way on earth you guys have real tickets because the stadium's full, you know? And then these people, of course, you know, from Liverpool, 
you know, yeah. and they're like, they, they get lit. So they're like, no, 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 we're fighting. Yeah, yeah. And then like you got uh, Taser City up in there, which is quite yeah. wild. But so. there's so many things, uh, like, you know, provenance in art has always been really difficult. You know? Yeah, I mean, what about like rights management? Maybe you guys said a little about that or something to that. So that's interesting as well. Um, and there are different experiments that are being carried out, you know, mm. in the board Ape world, uh, rights are conferred, yeah. which is interesting. So like, uh, for example, Adidas bought a board ape and now they've got the right to use that ape in their clothing design. So they can have sneakers with that ape on, hoodies with that ape. They own the rights to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most recent story was, I think it was Seth Green yeah. bought a board ape and then developed a whole TV show for Around the board this ape. ape. Yeah. And then his wallet got hacked and somebody stole the ape. <laughs> And now it's like, well, dude, you don't have the rights to do the TV show anymore because you don't have the ape anymore, right? So it's like now I can now I can fish your royalty, your, you know, your, your copyright from yeah. you in a way. So it, we're in the early like, um, you know, experimentation phase and lots of things are going wrong and people are burning their fingers and some of it is ridiculous. But to me, like no less ridiculous than the way rights worked in the old world where Disney was going and suing people on the streets in Vietnam for like selling t-shirts with Mickey yeah. Mouse's picture on it. Or like, you know, it's the art world has always been ridiculous. You know, people have sold you Reynolds as art. Like remember the, the banana that was taped to a wall at Art Basel in Miami that yeah. sold for $250,000. It's like, sorry, why are you mocking these people for like buying pictures well, of monkeys it doesn't yeah. matter how good you think the picture of the monkey is it's not like the world of art you know was yeah. was so rational before and now all of a sudden has gotten silly and yeah, what drives yeah. me what really hacks me though is people who get into this right click save mentality like look i've got your monkey now because yeah, i can yeah. right click and save it it's yeah. like yes motherfucker you can walk into the louvre and you can take a picture of the mona lisa with your phone Correct. it's easy to make a copy well yeah. done you're very good and smart like he has yeah. a gold star you don't own it Right. <laughs> what do you think makes like okay so so like I think the certain aspects of the internet like immediately uh, like activate our toxicity like genes right <laughs> like sweater scandals are like everyone wants to jump in and pilot right yeah but then like what do you think makes people so insane about like NFTs and like it has to be a scam it's all bullshit as opposed to being like. I don't know. I don't understand it. You know, I'll see Unfortunately, it a lot of it has been deliberate and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, yeah. but I've seen it firsthand. Um, so if you take the deliberation about uh, crypto using too much electricity and wasting yeah. power and boiling the ocean, um, <laughs> you, could, you can trace that back in part to a tweet in 2017 that was promoted by American Express, right? Mm -hmm. It was the first big article on Bloomberg around Bitcoin wasting electricity. I don't know if Bloomberg didn't realize that when you boost a tweet or like a post, you, it tells you who promoted it. Oh, wow. So I don't know. Maybe they didn't know that. or But like this kind of disinformation campaign is nothing new. Microsoft famously ran one in the early 2000s called Get the Facts. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars on a misinformation campaign about Linux. Because yeah. they saw Linux as a credible, credible threat to Windows. And they started running a defamation campaign basically where they paid for advertorial to be run about how the ROI on Linux was terrible and the security wasn't great. And like this hey, isn't, and yeah. again, this isn't a conspiracy theory. Like this is acknowledged. Microsoft acknowledges yeah. this now. Um, and we know that American Express and, and several other firms in, in the States predominantly yeah. actually, you know, went on a disinformation campaign in 2017, particularly around Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And that started this whole like 
you know, ridiculous notion that Bitcoin wastes electricity. Mm. Um, and it's just when you unpack it, like so nonsensical because, you know, everything uses resources and then you have to go, well, you know, compared to what and is it worth it, yeah. you know? So like I really like using my tumble dryer. I like having dry clothes, yeah. but it's not necessary. I could dry my clothes in the sun. Yeah, there's know? like a nuclear furnace in but the sky. But tumble dryers are one of the things that use more electricity than Bitcoin. Correct. So you're like, okay, so, you know, I've got the world's first distributed global, you know, peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. It's literally saving people's lives in, you know, Zimbabwe, Ethiopia. People are, you know, going to work overseas like they've always had to. Companies like MoneyGram and Western Union have ripped them for like decades. Property. Now they can send money back home to their mm. family. And you think that this, using less electricity than tumble dryer, is a problem and should be switched off? Yeah. You know? Christmas lights use more electricity than Bitcoin. Correct. Right? Correct. YouTube uses 200 times more electricity yeah. than Bitcoin. But no one has anything to so say about that. It's like, and it's just, especially when they boil it down to NFTs, because with Ethereum moving to proof of stake and reducing its energy consumption by like a, two orders of magnitude, actually. Yeah. It's um, two, baby. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's, it's such an intellectually dishonest argument. Okay. It's such a lazy argument. But anyway, be that as it may, um, you know, you've got a particular demographic of people on social media who have an immediate disdain for anything that the cool kids are doing because they're not a cool kid. Correct. And then they get fed this like complete misinformation around it, wasting electricity and okay. exploiting people and it's all scams. And what I find really crazy is when gamers, because gamers hate NFTs. Yeah but they quite happily will pour money into the pockets of triple A game studios yeah. where like it's just rife with sexual abuse scandals, mm -hmm. these absolute douchebags flying around on private jets and they're like, no, those guys are cool. They deserve our money. But like <laughs> these nerds trying <laughs> to make games where yeah. we can actually own our own digital items, yeah. they're the bad guys. <laughs> like what the fuck are you smoking? Okay. <laughs> I like that, I like that. I mean, but I mean at the same time, like we were talking about DAOs just now. Um, and like, um, I guess, I guess I, I need to ask this question because you've just got a hell of a lot more time looking at the problem than I do around this. Is that like, um, certain spaces have been rampantly innovative, right? I guess uh -huh. so like we take consumer goods, like there's just an endless streak of innovation that just keeps on like changing everything around us. Right. But then other spaces, like especially around human non-commercial cooperation just are like nope no interest in innovation so like religion and politics obviously big ones right yeah like so like like religion hasn't dropped a new album in like 200 years <laughs> son you know what i mean and like politics like fam 1776 was the last great political innovation you know yeah. what i mean and since then it's just been a shit show and like the one thing that gets me super excited about crypto especially like the nft space and like and DAOs, is like when you start to see some forms of like political and legislative power in the real world get transferred into these like communities, right? So like, I'm sure you saw the constitutional DAO that came up recently. Yes. And then there was this other one, I'll put a like link the video up for it, around like this land DAO in the States. And they bought this enormous like property in um, Wyoming or something, right? Yes, and it was they essentially like created each block in this like property, piece of property to become, um, piece of property you can just purchase with an NFT, yeah. right? And like fractionalized ownership of land and just property in general is a super mm. interesting idea, right? Because 
the idea that like especially in like crazy cities like Cape Town and like you know Tokyo, London around the world, where like you know to breathe costs like a trillion rand, mm. and you know owning some aspect of it through a digital medium that doesn't require any kind of deeds transfer is super interesting, right? Because yes. you can quickly in and out get out of that property without having to like you know draw sixteen pounds of blood just to get something happening at the deeds office. Mm. So like. Once again, the longest question to ever ask in human history. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think the future of DAOs is going to be? And um, have you seen anything interesting outside of like that Wyoming land play that, that, that was interesting? And do you think we'll ever see a political DAO party in our lifetimes? Possibly. Um, I think DAOs are really interesting as a, um, again, just as, a, as an organizing mechanism and mm. like just a way of doing things better, you know like having equity in a mo- in an organization mm-hmm. it's really easily done with cryptographically secured tokens mm-hmm. and you know and they're liquid they're transferable mm-hmm. um so I, I think DAOs are really powerful um how far are we away from them being like a political force in reality i i don't know it could be decades um but what i find interesting is how uh, society is kind of refining its power through a lot of these structures so especially you know where we're from people just assume that like the people in power were anointed by god or something yeah. and that we can't do anything about it and it's Shout like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no like we decide who's in charge we decide what the rules are mm-hmm. as, a, as a people yeah um and you know where our political systems have been hijacked i think things like DAOs can be a very powerful way for how we take the power back mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like okay i'm that, like the political system has been thoroughly corrupted in a place like you know in in, in some examples your vote really doesn't count you know and I, like, in which examples does your vote like, count <laughs> i like to believe that my vote counts in south africa and that we've got the government we deserve <laughs> but um but but that's a that's a but but okay, let's use extreme examples yeah. like i know my vote doesn't count in zimbabwe right like okay yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, i know my vote doesn't count in russia yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. like I, either it literally doesn't count because the system's being corrupted or it's just I'm, you know, I'm going to put myself in danger <laughs> by, by voicing, voicing any opposition. Correct. Yeah. You know, so, so, yeah. Anyway, my my point is that you now have these societal organization mechanisms where it's like, well, we can form an organization and we can get critical mass and we can build up value around this movement, mm-hmm. and the powers that be, you know, might be able to intercept us at a voting booth, might be able to capture us in protest on the street but there's nothing they can do about what our DAO is achieving online. Uh, we can yeah, apply yeah. anonymity so they yeah. don't know who we are. The only way they can stop us is by turning off the internet. Correct. And we can now organize, you know? Yeah. And when we do protest, we can make sure it's in much bigger numbers that they can't deal with, or we have some economic clout that we can start swinging around, or, you know, we as a, a DAO with X million members can decide who our leader is in a in a geographic region, and we can displace the okay. assumed leadership okay. in that region yeah. by de facto well, by just economically empowering somebody else to start making change. Yeah. So, so we were talking earlier about how your kids don't have uh, any of the bullshit like uh, malware that we had, you know, growing up as teenagers, yeah. and how they've like seen past the, the Matrix and a lot of different things, right? So going mm-hmm. back to a DAO, you know, and you're saying like we can elect our own leader, and I'm like. One thing that idea that fundamentally like I think in, like has haunted me for the last four years and I can never stop thinking about this idea of like liquid democracy, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like in a very David Foster Wallace, this is water kind of way, you know, it's like, fuck the Republicans, fuck the Democrats. Yeah. It's like, whoa, 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 
why is this the only game we could play? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? As, but like, it's like, it's like, why does this have to be the zero-sum game? Yeah. Like, surely there's like an option for like a cumulative like, like solution that allows you to be who you want to be and to me to be who I mm. want to be. And we don't have to like join like some kind of weird like psychopathic club, right? Yes. So, so, so one thing that DAOs get right really a lot, especially around like liquid democracy protocols, is that like, here is a, a proposal that the company or the DAO or the organization is putting forward and mm. we will vote on the proposal. And I, what's great about that is that like proposal A might be about like building a power station in the middle of the CBD that's like geothermal electricity, right? And proposal B might be like collecting trash on Tuesdays instead of Thursdays, you mm. know what I mean? Mm. And like, <laughs> you don't have to be a Republican to make these decisions or a Democrat, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you're just a human being. So it's like, well, I, I think a geothermal power station is a cool idea. You know, I'm going to vote yes. You know, I'm like, yes. oh, I like Tuesdays. I'll just stick with Tuesdays. Yeah. Because I think one of the most terrifying things in the world is like, as we were talking about earlier on, like, when does the thing no longer become the, be the thing, is no longer the thing. Yeah. yeah. Is that as, as like time goes on and more and more and more, it's like all of a sudden, all of the ideas that we had global consensus on are now like being like questioned. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the other day, like someone was like, pedophilia is like a sexual designation like being gay and i was like oh, <clears throat> excuse me hold the fuck up no <laughs> like, that that doesn't that doesn't track in any world like yes. come on dude like that's not fair right <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like sleeping with children against their will is not the same as like two women or two men having an intimate moment together right like there's a yeah. huge difference so so i think one of the great opportunities especially in the DAO and crypto space is to create these super organizations that can organize themselves without permission and the problem with like, even in South Africa, right? Like the ANC, the DA, EFF, and like all these new pretenders to the throne is that like, it's like, I don't know who to vote for. And it's like, because you shouldn't have to choose one person to take care of absolutely everything. It yes. doesn't make any sense whatsoever, right? Yeah. Like there should be a distributed way in which we organize ourselves. Yeah, society. like who's gonna run the police? Who's gonna run well, the- Well, like, do we need a police? <laughs> sure, right? okay, you know that's I mean? a big, but you know what I mean? Like whether it's the police or, or whether it's housing or whether it's welfare Yeah, or, yeah. So I think that is an interesting side of, of where things like DAOs are heading is you can get a lot more granular around democracy. So, Dude. you know, you can imagine a future because right now it's like we can't vote on everything because practically it would just be impossible to implement. I so, disagree. So, like, I'm just gonna, so I'm just going to vote for this guy because I kind of like, yeah. he's kind of similar to me in his worldview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll just let him weigh in on those things in parliament, you know, yeah, or Whereas, better than and like, that's easily hijacked. Whereas now we actually have the tools where we don't need that guy to be in parliament, you know, relating or representing our voice. Mm -hmm. Our voice can be there, right? Correct. Or even better, like, because what's, what's, what's great about the liquid democracy uh, protocol is that you, you, don't, you can vote for everything or you can transfer your vote to something else. Yes. Else, right? So like, I like that delegation idea yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, I agree with Roy on housing. Like, I'm going to yeah. delegate my, <laughs> my <laughs> human rights trick was yeah, yeah, human rights. Like, uh, and I hate that because it's like it's like it's like we're talking about Brad Weinstein earlier, and it's like there's so many things about him that I agree with them. But the yeah. other things I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, please, no, right? Like yeah. in the same way that like if someone was like Kanye should design our cops' uniforms, I'd be like, hey, that's not a bad idea. Right? <laughs> like the guy's a great designer. He's a taste maker, right? It's like, and he's like, and he should be head of the police. No, 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 true no, no, no. Stop, right? You see yeah, yeah, saying? it's true and, like, though. That's what I love about this part, like the possibility of like democracy, because all of a sudden, like all of the gas and anger that like consumes all of us just goes overnight. Yeah, you know, because it's like I want to have a mandate in the CBD that if you have a dog and you're walking and you're not caught 
and you're and like the cop stops you and you don't have little shit bags in your pocket mm. like you pay a fine right yeah. and then like <laughs> like like this isn't a rich poor thing anymore right because it it's is. like do you have a dog yes or no and the answer is like yes and it's like and you're against this and it's like yes and it's like ah you're the problem you see you know what I'm saying? as opposed to being like the da will save the shit you know yes. what i mean or the anc will fix the shit yeah. and it's like the anc can't fix anything dude the da can't fix anything because these are fictitious ideas that we associate to organizations mm. right whereas like i don't know dude like in my neighborhood like man it would be really great if instead of spending all this time and money on like security like we just bought like a gigantic borehole to like secure water for the next 20 years. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that I can get behind, you know? Yeah, we yeah. do fractionalized ownership. So like anyone on other parts of Germany can buy it. Well, like just build a huge solar farm. Cause like yeah. we can do that in like yeah. a very good organization, right? But like for me to have to go and fork out 4,000 rand to put solar on my roof. Mm. And then I'm like, ah, I'm the only one in the neighborhood with solar now, it's great. And like the economics doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. But if everyone in this entire neighborhood was like, cool, yeah. We're all happy for this solar because we've got the organization. But it's interesting thinking about what that geographic convergence will mean because that's to me almost inevitable is that you'll get like you'll get such a varied approach and such specific approach to how we should be living and helping each other that there'll be an actual geographic manifestation of it. And so to me, the future is like city states. Yes. Like. Yes. You know, right now, living in Cape Town is really different from living in Joburg, which is really different from living in Durban. But I think that's going to become even more pronounced in the future. Mm -hmm. I think like every city on earth is going to become like so multivariant in yeah. so many ways. It's yeah. going to be like, you know, and if you really like A, B and C, but not D, like this is the city for you. <laughs> and people will start converging on these places, which is kind of the, that's the other side of the dichotomy, right? The dichotomy is you can, you know, assemble people from opposite ends of the globe to like vote and weigh in on things and find each other mm -hmm. but i i think over time like geographically they'll start converging too because <laughs> that's just what human beings yeah, do yeah and it's like it. you know if i really like you know this the dance scene and like i'm really into this and my sexual orientation is that and like maybe berlin is the best city to be in the world for yeah. me right now and i can just literally and it's going to be easy enough for me to go okay well like, I'm just going to be there and I'll catch the Hyperloop to Joburg every second week to see my family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the dream, right? But I mean, I, I think what gets even more like, and, like, and that, that's such an exciting future for me, mm. you know, because on the one hand, like, it just eliminates a lot of human suffering. And the one thing that, like, I've dedicated my, like, my purview and around a lot of IT ideas, like, does this a lot of human suffering? And if the answer is yes, I'm like, I don't know if I can get behind this. Because, like, the problem with human suffering is that it's completely unnecessary in the world that we live in today. Yeah. Right? So it's like anything that actively promotes human suffering, I'm like, I can't get behind that. Yeah. You know I mean? And like the way that our current states are organized right now, there's just a lot of mean-spirited behaviors that don't make any sense whatsoever. Yes. You know? And I'm very excited about the prospect of being like, I'm going to move from city A to city B with my like handbag. <laughs> and everything else that I need is, is like on, on that side <laughs> or like I just don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And like, this is just a clean like transaction that I don't have to even like register with anyone. And the city state is great because as I become a citizen, I get access to all these rights immediately. You know what I mean? Mm. And we can not black mirror it and like, like, you know, like, uh, reward <laughs> me for being a good citizen. Bad citizen. Social credit score. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't like that. Like, but I do like that, the fact that like, I can propose a law in my city that will stop like, uh, 
dog shit from being everywhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or, or my favorite one in the world that I really, really want to see happen is like a very aggressive public sex offenders registry list in South Africa. Like, not, 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 like, not like some like very hidden clandestine thing hidden somewhere, right? It's like www.sexoffenders.ca.za. And it's like looking at you, Mark, from high school. You know, like, I hate the idea that like, like what is it called? Uh, what's that crazy term that the, the government uses? Oh, gender-based violence. Yes. And I'm like, I don't think it's gender-based violence. And it's like, everyone's like, it is. It's like real. And I'm like, no, it's men beating up women violence. It's not gender-based yeah, violence, yeah. right? So it's like, it would be great. But like, of course, the ANC can't say that because like, if they do say that, then it's like 90% of their members are like, ish, men I can't be here anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, so instead we come up with these like, very, very problematic statements that to describe our society in a society that is not first English language speaking society, which is like the most evil thing you can think of, right? Mm. Like black economic empowerment. It's like, I have a really, really, had a really, really good education. I don't know what that means. You know what I mean? Like, I don't actually know what that means. But so like, now imagine if you're a third language English speaker and someone throws that idea at you. Like, yeah. It's too complex. Like we're trying to like equality, equalization, like strategies, you know, like something like that. It's like a much better or just like, making South Africans not as poor, like, like something like that, you know what I mean? Like my favorite things are things like we, webuycars.com, you know those guys? Yes. Like, what does webuycars do? They buy cars. It's great, right? <laughs> like, you don't have to think about it. Mm. And in a country, and I think a big part of the reason they do so well is because in a country that is not a first language speaking English country, shit, you don't have to know anything about webuycars to know that they buy cars, mm. you know? So, so it gets me very excited because I think one of the greatest challenges South Africa has um, is the, the consensus mechanism that doesn't work and that consistently allows us to get into these awful screening matches against each other yes. what the best way to run South Africa is without having any kind of way to actually implement it. Yeah. Although it works on some levels, right? Like yeah. multi-party democracy, I, I still think is a beautiful thing. And I still think that for all our shortfalls, like, again, there's a lot of problem with the execution. There's a lot of problem with, the, yeah. you know, what happens once you get into power isn't great. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, like, we're not a, a two-party state, right? Mm -hmm. And you can love or hate the EFF or the Freiheit Front or yeah. the ANC or the DA or the... But, like, the one thing you can't say is there are people on the fringes of South Africa who aren't represented at all. I no, think that no, no. It, it's true. There are people on the fringes who aren't represented. But for the most part, like, yeah. you know... In one of the, I don't know how many political parties are in parliament right now. Like, yeah. I think we've got, sheesh, I can't remember. I used to know this stuff. I feel like we've all just completely lost interest. But that's the thing. That's what like I'm we used... can't get excited about the process anymore. Yeah, but you're right? gonna, you, you, you know, I, th I feel like everybody feels like, you know, they're loosely <laughs> affiliated to, I don't know ah, what I'm saying anymore. I, I believe in multi-party democracy. I, I don't, what I'm I don't disagree with you completely. <laughs> I just get so excited about the prospect of being like yeah, it a could policy-driven society yes. as opposed to like a party-driven society. Because yes. like, I want to argue with people about why we shouldn't have a program dedicated towards breeding miniature bears as pets. And South Africa becoming like the de facto global leader in pet, like in designer pets, right? Like, like, like you want to talk about a niche that we can perform like no one else's business? Just like get a whole lot of geneticists, like just breed and clone some mini bears. They're selling these things for thirty thousand dollars a pop, global, worldwide. You know what I mean? Our economy just explodes because shipping we have included. This. Exactly, but I mean like. But the problem right now is that like, oh, we want to do this. And it's like, okay, we need to have a commission of inquiry into it. And it's like, oh, okay, well, 
forget my idea. You know, like I, I'm not willing to go through all that trouble. Just to yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could get behind the bear, bear idea. But yeah, like, yeah, you need but, a bear, dog. But Dogs do, are for like losers. Bears yeah, but, are the but, real but, NFTs but of the future. <laughs> <laughs> but something that like a lot of people get, get behind as well is like South Africa could be a world leader in steel production, for example. Mm. Like if you look at what steel has become for the Australian economy, there's no mm. reason South Africa couldn't have done that times a thousand. You know? but, but what is the cost of being a great mind at this and trying to like affect it? It's so right. high, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like you're a genius in nuclear physics and you're an introvert, right? Because you've got that Aspie's money all day, right? And it's like, <laughs> hey, we want you to join government. And it's like, no, 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 I'm terrified of those. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can make the best decisions around nuclear policy. Mm. And we need a way in which to take this like endless like stream of yeah. incredible intellectual capital and start deploying it. You know what I mean? No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and sweet. Um, yeah, no, no, carry on. Are you looking at the time? I, just, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I think let's uh, to to move towards. That's uh, uh, all good. Yeah, yeah no, no, like, one thing I did want to talk to you about, which I found really fascinating. I was reading something on Twitter the other day, and you you subtweeted Jamie Dimon, the CEO of uh, what is it, JP Morgan? JP Morgan, Chase, yeah, he was like just economic JP hurricane Morgan. on the cards, watch out or something like that. Mm. And then you you put out a tweet saying like, what are arguments against an economic hurricane? And like, I was like, oh, you're asking the right questions because <laughs> everyone else I speak to is like, it's it. This is it. This is dead. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to be wiped out in the next six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm always like, no, there has to be a contrarian view on this. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it's not going to happen per se, but I'm saying, what are the contrarian arguments against this? Like economic winter that's to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I feel way too many people are just willing to get behind it. Yeah. I'm kind research. of still trying to get my head around it. You know, it's um, there are a lot of interesting ways to look at the economy. And I think yeah. one of the mistakes we make is people think the stock market is the economy. It's this very Americanized worldview mm-hmm. where, you know, when 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 the S&P 500 is up, the economy is doing well. It's sure. like, no, that's that's not the economy. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, if you want to talk about whether or not the economy is doing well, you have to look at your Gini coefficient. You have to look at, you know, how many jobs there are. Mm-hmm. Um, so like unemployment in the States is at an all time low, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a, a job if you're an American right now. Mm. Whereas the opposite is true in South Africa where youth unemployment is like, whatever, call it 30 X percent, mm. which is unacceptably high. Our Gini coefficient is the highest in the world and mm. probably worse after the COVID pandemic, yes, right? Yes, yes, the rich have gotten so much richer and the poor mm. have gotten so much poorer. Um, and you know, that's true globally, but it's so prolific, you know, it's so pronounced in a place like South Africa. So I don't know, there are various ways to look at it, like a downturn in the economy, mm-hmm. in inverted commas, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, It's a time to refocus on fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And, and like you were saying earlier about the crypto winter and focusing on fundamentals, less grifting, you know, that's what downturns do, because mm. the stock market also has grifters. You know, on the one extreme, really? you've got the Spinehoffs of the world. And yeah. But I mean, look Shout at... Shout out to Jamie Diamond. <laughs> exactly. Like, look at Tesla's share price. Like, trading no. at a P or in the thousands, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, you take every other car company in the world, you put them together, and they weren't worth as much as Tesla. Correct. And, and you're you like... Outputs. And you're like, I don't really care how good Tesla is. It's, it's not a hundred times better than BMW and yeah. Volkswagen combined and Toyota and like, you know, it's just... And how many cars are they producing? Like a, ten, like a thousandth of those guys combined or something like that? Yeah. Like explain. Exactly. You know I mean? it, it, yeah. So, so a lot of that stuff, you know, leaves and, you know, you've got the downside, like you, your inflation is higher, interest rates are up. 
But fundamentally, I just think the world has changed in a lot of ways since the last depression. Um, I think cycles are a lot quicker now. Mm, mm. Um, I don't think we truly understand what the net effects will be of all of the um, money printing that's happened in the last two years. Like we've got 60% more do dollars now than there were two years ago, mm. right? which is crazy. Just trillions of dollars being, being printed, which means in one way you can look at it as like the Fed has painted itself into a corner. Mm -hmm. um, there isn't really a positive spin to put on that unless you look at it through the lens, lens of Bitcoin and crypto. And this really could be a multiplier for adoption of, of hard money like Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to focusing on fundamentals and adopting something that is fundamentally better. Mm. So to me, like, you know, Bitcoin is part of my contrarian positivity or optimism about where things okay. are going economically mm. because it also accelerates de-dollarization in parts of the world. So you've mm -hmm. got El Salvador making Bitcoin, you know, uh, the legal tender. tender. Yeah. Um, you know, now that's ha starting to happen in, in, uh, in, in Africa as well and mm. other parts of the world are considering that. So I see that as a positive. I also feel like we live in a deflationary environment. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you might have real inflation in terms of all the dollars that have been printed, perceptions, etc. But I feel like human beings reached a point of excess and we're now kind of pulling back from that to some degree. Yeah. And then you just look at the basics. Like if you look at the quality of life of your average human being now versus 100 years ago, you can't argue that it's not better. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah there we got a lot of problems we've got a lot of poor people we've got economic downturn our gini coefficient is higher but you go to the poorest household in south africa and they probably have a way of making light in the dark mm -hmm. uh, they might not have a working toilet but there's probably one within walking distance mm -hmm. right um, and they're able to watch television mm -hmm. for the most part and all of those are things that not even the richest person in the world had 400 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. so the, and then there are other things that are more important than that, like childhood uh, mortality is at an all time low, even Correct. in countries like South Africa, like, you know, not that long ago, one in five children would survive yeah. to the age of 21, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know how many parents, siblings your parents had. But my like my mom had like a rugby team, my dad had a soccer team, you know, two <laughs> and then like they had like three, and now like between the three of us, we have like one, and it's just like progressively yeah. becoming less and less and less. Yeah. yeah, and I suppose when things really do become a downturn from an economic perspective is when you really have global negative global population growth, mm -hmm. and you have to think about like growth for its own sake, which is the engine of capitalism. Yeah. Like, yeah. what does that mean? And is it sustainable? And how does that have to change? But, you know, until then, economic downturns are short term things that for the most part are incredibly positive because they force out a lot of noise. They force out a lot of grifting. They force a lot of people to rethink fundamentals and they create opportunities for economic empowerment and mm. liberation. Like you get to invest today as if it's 2019. Like. Yeah assuming you have something to invest, which is a whole different story, that's yeah, a massively yeah. positive thing. Mm. Like you get to start your wealth journey now, if mm. you think about it, assuming you can find income. And that's always a difficult discussion in South Africa. So yeah. 
I haven't found a contrarian view to what's coming economically, and I do think there's several shit storms brewing, but I'm still optimistic about the longer term outcomes yeah. if we can make it through. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think you have to be like silly not to be long on human innovation, like as a species. You know, yeah. really why? Because man, you just keep coming up with hits. You know? What I mean? Yeah. Like, like I always, always like, I always love watching like old bad, uh, like prior to the Soul Buddy era. On TV, yes. When like you watch shows about HIV and people are like you got six months to live, <laughs> and you sit there and you think, Jesus, man, today like you can just have a like HIV and like live for the rest of your life. You and know? how quickly South Africans have forgotten that dude, we had dude, this thing that was going to be the end of our country and we beat it, dude. We beat that, it. But like I, we were listening to another friend of mine, like podcast guest, we're talking about uh, the prolific nature of the SABC in the early nineties and uh, like in the nineties and early two thousands. And they created so much AIDS positive or AIDS related media. Yeah. It was like directly targeted at black kids. So like Soul Buddies and like all these crazy shows, you know. <laughs> I remember Takalani Sesame exactly, even. And like it's so crazy that like all these years later, all my black friends are like, they won't even like have sex without thinking about a condom. Whereas my white friends are like, What? Condoms? <laughs> Hell no, that's crazy. You know what I mean? And I'm always like, Why why are white people still not scared of AIDS? And they're like Oh, because black kids were like forced fed this idea that AIDS is gonna kill you, AIDS is gonna kill you. So That's now, like, interesting. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, so like now, all these like like growing black men are like like terrified of this disease that we've offended, not beaten, but we've made wildly easy to like. Sure, yeah. It. It's irresponsible to say we've beaten it, but we we've definitely made it our bitch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's not a death sentence anymore, yeah, which is yeah. an incredible thing to say. But anyway, so yeah. like add that to the list of awesome things that people have just become completely complacent about, mm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's good. Like we should be trying to make things better and we should be real about our problems. And fuck knows, mm. we've got a lot of those in South Africa, but like... I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, like, I think as a consequence of the 1994 era and being young at that age, man, I'm still positive about this country in so many ways. You know what I mean? That's, I, just I like, like yeah. hearing that because I am too, but... God, it's difficult to like LFG right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, just, I just feel that like, once again, like it's an organization problem, dude. It's like, we're just organized in the wrong ways. Yes. And we don't, we have no way, we, have, we don't have a philosophy that wildly celebrates human potential. Yes. If that makes any sense. Because I always like, like the company I work in, like I always try to tell people, you know, like this person isn't useless. We mm. are just asking them to do the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we have a problem in this country where it's like you either are a square box or you are not. And I'm like, come on, there's so much more potential here. Like, we can we can make this work. We just need to figure out more ways in which to like uh, like enable human potential mm. on like a macro scale. Whereas as opposed to being like, here is the path to like success in life, and there's only one door. You know, as opposed to like make a hundred doors and then let people like climb through and like grow and climb as opposed to like this very unimaginative way in which we're dealing with our current problems, mm. which is like either like create a commission of inquiry, legislate it away, or just like let the private sector take over, yes. you know, which is like the most terrifying thing in the world. And also remember how quickly things can change if we mm. start changing them. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, you grew up in apartheid, right? Uh, I mean, I was a little kid, like how old was I in 94? Okay, so how old would I would uh, 30, 12, 13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was like six or like whatever, but like we grew up in a world where this wasn't really even possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like now this is 
the thought that you're having a conversation with a person of color and just in a room about like on the internet, <laughs> you know, yeah. about technology and NFTs. Yes. Like, I don't think for Vuitton his wildest dreams could have imagined that. No. You know what I mean? Maybe in some of his nightmares. You couldn't even imagine the internet. Cool. So before we go, just a few rapid fire questions that like I like to ask people just cool. because they, they, they're questions I ask myself a lot. Um, number one, what do you think is magical that is not magical, but every time you engage with it, it feels magical? So like for me, that's like opera. Like I know it's not magic, but every time I hear someone sing opera, I'm always just like, oh God, I'm going to start crying. No, 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 it's like crying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I think everything's magical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 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 you know, every time, and I know this sounds crazy, but I, I, I really mean it. Like almost every time I use my phone to communicate. Yeah. And just think about how crazy that is. Yeah. Like, you know, I've got my friend Nick in England and I'm sending him a WhatsApp message. Mm. He's getting it immediately almost, like yeah. milliseconds later. Yeah. And it's go- it went through the air. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> not even through the air. It like it just magically appeared on his yeah. side. So yeah. you know, go back to or, or speak to somebody who has no idea how the technology works, which actually is most people today mm. still. Like, how is that different from telepathy? We've developed, True. we've invented telepathy. You know, it mm. might not be metaphysical, mm. but what does that even mean? To me, that just means like you know, physical that hasn't been discovered yet. (laughs) Like for all intent and purposes to somebody with a 19th century understanding of physics, it is metaphysical. It's impossible. Yeah. And I'm really excited about the impossibles of the future. Like those are the things that always get me excited. Exactly. And I hate it when people tell me that something isn't possible. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't care whether you're talking about like the hardest problem on earth, probably faster than light travel. Mm. Like, I don't know that that's impossible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we just haven't got there yet, right? Yeah. And like, then just like how we take things for granted, you know, like being able to send my voice to the other side of the planet immediately through the freaking air. Or like the fact that someone's going to be listening to us like 20 years from now. And Possibly. Like, yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like global <laughs> nuclear winter, you know what I mean? Even then, I'm sure someone's going to, like, I'm sure there's organizations out there that just back up most things on the internet, like crazy yeah. people. But it's just always mind-blowing to think about that. You know what I mean? Or like, can you imagine the first time someone heard radio? Yeah. I would have literally had a heart attack. Yes. A box is now talking to me. That's the craziest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I also like, um, I love thought experiments. And I like, everything just blows my Like the fact that we can think about thinking, metacognition blows my mind. Mm, mm, like, how is mm, that a thing? Mm, <laughs> mm, mm, anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, like smart dogs always fuck with me as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, smart. but I'm smart as well. That's so crazy. I never thought about that. Yeah. You know, um, what's the most interesting arbitrage opportunity you can think of? A most interesting arbitrage opportunity. Whew, that's a good one. Mm. There's always arbitrage opportunities. The ironic thing about arbitrage is the moment you um, discover it, it's late. Yeah, and but the moment it gets done, like the job of arbitrage is to negate itself, right? Mm, is yeah, to yeah. is to make the gap go away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of any like big arbitrage opportunities or fan. One of the most interesting arbitrage opportunities I can think of is off Contango. So if you trade like the futures price versus the spot price of something, and you mm. arbitrage between those two, it's a pretty done deal, you know. Mm. Like if you if you play arbitrage between the spot and futures prices on Bitcoin. Like 
I, can't, I don't know what it is right now, but you'd probably be guaranteed to make 5% on your investment. Yeah, that's great. That's it's incredible. just a pain in the ass because you can do the same thing in a money market account. Mm. Not quite 5% maybe, but without any work. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 definitely. Um, but I'll give that one some thought. I'll have yeah, to yeah, hit no, you no, back. No. It's just, it's just, I always like it because one, it helps you see the world differently. And then two, also it reminds you that there's infinite arbitrage opportunities around us all the time. We just don't think about that. You know? And in South Africa, well, lots of places, but especially because of the idiosyncrasies of our policies, you could have like regulatory arbitrage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, What's no, your no. answer to that question? Um, there's quite a few. Plastic bikes are a big one. Plastic bikes? Yeah, just go to, go to, go to like pick and pay or go to Wayback Machine and like, Go look at the price of a plastic bike from 2010 and look at the price of a plastic bike now and then like track that. And then get in your time machine. No, no, oh, no i Buy a whole bunch now from they can pay and then just put them in the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like I think uh, almost all forms of energy in this country have an opportunity as a consequence of our really cheap uh, ability to extract solar energy. Like there's a huge one there. And then what was a super interesting one? Oh, talent in Zimbabwe is a huge one. So like uh, in the 90s and the early 2000s, India had this incredible like stronghold of uh, call center centers throughout the world where like uh, I think Zimbabwe and South Africa has a much bigger opportunity there because uh, to get a call center person in South Africa with uh, globally neutral accent is incredibly cheap compared yes. to any other part of the world. And you can train up a South African quite easily and quite quickly in comparison to other parts of the world. And also we have really great labor laws that make yeah. it easy to us to contend them. Um, yeah, so that's another, those, are, those are a few of the ones I think of. And then, um, who's the person you admire the least in the world? Wow. Um, I mean, Donald Trump just jumped immediately to my mind, uh -huh. but I feel like that's such a lazy answer. <laughs> I think like, it depends why. Like, on the one hand, like, I, don't admire, I don't think he's a loser because he's a loser. I think he's a loser because he lost the 2020 election and he, he could have won it quite easily. It's just... I think he's the person I would least want to be. Okay, all right. I yeah. just think his life is a living hell. Yeah, I also. Think I can't think of anybody who yeah. I disagree with more on just Almost about everything. anything. Yeah. And like, he's everything I hate. Like, he's abusive. He's a misogynist. He's stuck in the closet. Homophobic. Stuck probably in stuck in the closet. Very stuck in the closet. Pro guns. Yeah. Um, pro himself. Above pro us. himself. He's like cognitive dissonance is dialed up to a higher level than yeah. we thought was humanly possible. Also, he's a troll. He's a troll. Nice. He just like, yeah, I just, I can't think of anybody I admire less in the world okay. who's alive right now. All right. No, no, no. Interesting. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> I like that. Um, you've got two kids now. Imagine they weren't your kids and you had to give them advice for the next, like, their education. What do you think you'd, what direction do you think you'd point Specifically to, to their education? Yeah, so, like, I'm a 14-year-old. I'm like, Simon, I dig you. I really like you. And I want to, like, do stuff at Varsity. Because, like, 18-year-olds yeah. are way too late for me most of the time. The I'm thing like, is, like, I don't, I don't see myself as successful, but I'm very content with the way I keep myself busy. Yeah. And the way I got there was by not doing well at school, not mm. finishing a degree at Varsity, mm basically doing the opposite of what everybody was telling me I should be doing. Okay. And so that's, that's why I think it's impossible to give other people advice is you kind of have to figure it out for yourself and there's like connecting the dots in reverse and all of those yeah. cliches. But there's something in there about curiosity uh, to me because 
you know like people when you're young especially i think our generation they would tell mm. you to like ch follow your passion oh, no, no. but there was like this weird um you know subtext around optimizing for happiness mm. i think previous generations had this idea in their head that they were unhappy but it was possible to be happy all the time mm. and of course that's nonsense you can't be happy all the time yes but you can be curious all the time and i find that curiosity is the perfect solve to unhappiness or anxiety or it's I can, like I can get like that. I'm not happy right now but there's something interesting going on here mm. and if I if I look at this through that lens instead of what's wrong what's interesting and because that's how you find the solutions as yeah. well I might not make myself happy but <laughs> I'll like kind of find that I'm not feeling so down about it anymore because I'm unpacking it logically and trying to find out like how this thing works mm. and you know is it is it a me problem is it a them problem is it an it problem like yeah. and i don't know that that's useful educational advice as such i mean what i find I think myself it's extremely useful education advice probably what i try and what i find myself constantly telling my children is that they shouldn't worry so much about the education because yeah. like you know when you're in grade eight and you're stressed out about an exam you can very easily feel like this is the be all and end all you and you're 20 it. years from now you're not going to find a single human being who gives a crap whether or not you failed or passed that exam <laughs> like yeah <laughs> no it's a tough one and i think also at that age it's hard to explain to someone that like none of this matters because Everything matters to you at that age. Yeah, it's all relative. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last one. You go back into a time... I've got a time machine in the back. You can climb in. The only person you could meet is your great-great-grandfather. Um, what do you think the most interesting thing you could tell him was? Or, like, you could, like, tell him about the future that he could con conceive. I would probably break him into the telepathy thing. Like, we're going to figure out telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't believe it, maybe. <laughs> I mean... That's the okay. most important thing we figured out how to do, I think. I, I, li I like where you're going with that. <laughs> I'm just imagining your poor grandfather sitting there going, oh, fuck, my man. And like 400 years from now, everyone's going to be like nodding at each other the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but which is not how it works. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, but it's a great way to describe it. The outcome's the same, you know? Exactly. I think for, uh, but like, he would understand what telepathy meant. Okay. Conceptually, yeah. yes, yes, and that's yeah. good. And that's good. Whereas if I try to explain board F job club to him, like, where no, we, no, no, like, no, what the no, fuck no, is no. a JPEG? No, <laughs> no. Like, and also, like, the idea of a board ape always yeah. like would be too much for him to even conceive. So it, it reminds me of like this thought experiment I've often thought about. Like, mm -hmm. if I put you in a time machine, took you back four hundred years, mm -hmm. you're naked, mm -hmm. you've got nothing with you, mm -hmm. right? And you have to prove to people that you're from the future, mm -hmm. or they're gonna kill you. Mm -hmm. How would you prove you're, you're actually from the future? Could you? Hmm. Where, where am I in the world, by the way? Yeah, that's, I suppose that's a key part yeah. of the question. Yeah, 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 but yeah. like, I don't know, let's put you in the most advanced part of the world back then, which would probably be, it depends on what you think is advanced, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in China or like Central Europe or I don't know. I think it would be food. It has to be something to do with food, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because the thing about it is that like, I think, I think the telepath, telepath, tele, telepathy argument you put forward is super powerful but no. i think your grandfather would be like that sounds really interesting but yeah. if you said to him granddad you can literally eat whenever you want wherever you want however you want yeah in the future and he's like no that's not possible because the next he's like no 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 yeah there's never going to be another family again for the next 400 years it's crazy he would be like okay now my brain is melting right yeah or, so if, or just like you could walk into a store and you could pick up some chinese food 
for a starter, some Italian food for a main course, <laughs> and you know, like some South American food for dessert. Yeah. In the yeah. same store. Yeah. And it would be it would be pretty fresh. It'd be super super fresh. And like, it's not from another part of the world. It's all from like someone's room next door. Yeah. So yeah, so I think with regards to the the the, the future thing, it have to be something to do with food. And if it wasn't something to do with food... You could maybe, to... like, introduce them to penicillin, but you probably wouldn't be able to do it quickly enough. Like, you'd be able to cure somebody of yeah, sick diseases yeah. that back then, then were... you're not from the future, you're a witch doctor. Yeah, exactly. You see what I'm saying? I think anything to, like, to do with, like, our very hardcore senses, like sight, um, sound, taste, and so on and so forth, yeah. could, like, definitely get people to believe that you're not of this time in some capacity. Yes. But if you're, like... I'm going to draw an iPhone. It doesn't matter. Like, it's yeah, irrelevant. Yeah. It's, you're too far ahead. You can't you, make an iPhone. Correct. And, you, and like even drawing one is like, you don't have enough money for paper. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you think this is? You think there's like a CNA around the corner, you're going to get some type and just start drawing? It's yeah, 400 yeah. years ago. Paper's for rich people, fam. Paper's are, paper is the NFT of the past, <laughs> right? So like, you can't do that. Yeah, so that's a really yeah. interesting question. Um, oh, then like, let's flip it the other way around, right? Yeah. Your great, great, great grandchild of the future pops into this room now and he has to tell you the thing that would just melt your brain <sighs> world peace at this stage <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i think world peace that would that would that would be like okay i, I think if we had really colonized another planet i'd be mind blown i just find it so far out there to think that we could get anywhere close to yeah. colonizing you know what the, like the best bet is mars but to imagine us even doing that in the next thousand years feels like impossible to me yeah, and even if we got like there, it's just, it's so hard and like, it's just, it's like, it's, it's too much, you know what I mean? Like, and when you think about it, yeah, I think that would blow my mind if we colonized parts of the universe. But I think the thing that would truly blow my mind is if my great, great grandkid came in and was like, oh, where I'm from, you can have sex with almost anyone. <laughs> like, no matter what time, where you are, like, having sex is easier than sending WhatsApp. And I'd be like, what? And he's like, Think about the most beautiful woman or man alive and like think about having infinite orgies with him. It's like, yeah, it's like that's the future. <laughs> just I'd be like, just an orgy. You know? But of course, it's the telepathy argument, right? It's not actually having sex with anyone you want in the future. It's like some uh, super brain to machine interface that allows that to happen. Uh, but he has to give you something you can understand. Yes. And that would be the one for me where I'd go, so wait a second. So, so. Even if I'm broke, and he's like, doesn't matter. Like, you know, you yeah, can do yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. And it's like the metaverse is now the real metaverse. And like, it's just brains machine. Like, what are you doing this afternoon? Going to have an orgy with 400 Cindy Crawfords in a Rottweiler pit. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I think that's life, all right? So, so, so I think that would be super interesting. Or not having to eat. That would be a really interesting one. Yeah. Or like drugs that can hyper-regulate our emotions and mood to an extent where you never ever really like eat any kind of depression but you eat like automated like dips that are nowhere mm. near enough to get depression but then kick back with like euphoria because like uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier on innovation around certain industries mm. the one in place that i always get really frustrated with around innovation is like drugs right mm. like yeah we made opioids and a whole like a lot of like mrna and like biomedical like, advances that are mm. really cool and don't get me wrong the 80 year old me is like very grateful for these but yeah. the, the, the 34 year old me is like why did we just stop making drugs like when is the last time you heard of like a new drug that's like yo fam that's like not gonna kill you do you know what I mean like yes. not salts it's just like it's like here's marijuana here's LSD here's shrooms and then it's like you know like 
but there's like no more innovation after that. Or yeah. it's like innovation that's like very narrow, like weed just gets infinitely strong over time, you know, as opposed to like <laughs> weed of the 60s, which was just, you know, very cockswazy. <laughs> Whereas now it's like, here's indoor, that's like a 99% like THC potency, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or something to do with death, like not even, never having to die would be an interesting one. There's so many to think of. It reminds me of some graffiti I saw in OBS once that said, you're your ancestors' wildest dreams. Yeah, facts. Just facts. true. True. <laughs> true. I, I don't even think your ancestors could deal with you right now. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I think like this idea of heaven and people looking down on us, I'm like, please, no. Please, no. Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because if my great-grandfather saw me, he'd be like, that's a lot of guys you've had sex with. <laughs> like, What's going on, dude? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Simon, dude, thank you so much for this. Pleasure. And, thank you. and like, yeah, thanks for very much throwing a lot of interesting ideas my way that I've never considered before. Oh, thank you. And, Same. Uh, yeah. Let's do it again. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much. Man. Thank you so much for getting to the end of this podcast. Um, we really appreciate it when people go all the way to the end. Um, if I could ask one small favor from you, it's to please rate this podcast. Um, we would really do wonders for our ranking in uh, the infinite number of podcast stores i guess that we're in um yeah thank you so much for listening um if you want to contact me or get in contact with one of our guests you can always hit me up on my website which is mote.com which is m-o-t-h-e-i.com alternatively you can get me on instagram or twitter uh, my handle is m-0-t-h-3-i so that's mote with funny letters and numbers yeah thank you so much for getting this far along with us and i hope you have an amazing day and an even better year and please 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 for the life of me don't forget to go to therapy have a great one thank you so much <laughs>